0: Welcome to Canvas Church. You are listening to our weekly celebration service message. Thank you for tuning in. Good to be here this morning. Uh, As Pastor Steve said, my name is Casey Bombasi. Uh, It's my real name, full name, and um, that's the one I got. Uh, Actually, I was uh, a humorous story to begin this this morning's sermon. Uh, I was in a uh, business conference last week in Raleigh, uh, Raleigh, North Carolina and uh, one of our like sales reps for this product that we use she knows my name and and so like when I was meeting employees of this company at this conference they were like you're Casey Bombasi I was like I am why and they're like oh you know this girl's so and so keeps singing your name throughout the office So I was like well it's nice to be sung about (laughs) now I know how the Lord feels apparently (laughs) just kidding it's good to be here. Uh, I'm always so grateful to take the opportunity to preach. Uh, I take it very seriously, probably too seriously, when I do get to preach because of the infrequency. Now, uh, but when I do, I want to just—I want to give it everything I got. Uh, sometimes I talk a little bit too fast, so if I do, I'm sorry. You can just listen to it later on the week in the podcast or whatever, and rewind it a couple times and make sure you got everything. Uh, but I like to—I like to come hot and, and and just go for it. So. Uh, I would highly encourage participation. We at Canvas view participation as a as a great goal that you get in on it. So we've got, actually got some notes here. Some of the ushers, if you need some paper notes, just wave your hand, and the ushers will bring some notes out. And then if you have the app, of course, you can uh, type the notes in right there. But in, not just the don't just participate by writing things down. You can participate by saying "Amen," yeah. "Amen." Okay, I, and I like it a little bit, you know, energetic. I'm gonna I'm gonna preach like crazy. Uh, whether you respond or not, but it's more fun if you get into it and then we're just having like one big party. Are you with me? Okay, good. It's 11 o'clock, so everybody should be awake. You probably had two or three cups of coffee. You know, uh, tell your bladder to wait till noonish and then we'll be done and you can, you can do, but the rest of the time, let's get excited for the Word of God. Amen? Amen. And did I just say bladder? I did. Yeah, I said it twice now. All right, here we go. We're going to talk about Genesis chapter 12 and verse 2. We're going to start in uh, this one verse. And uh, so here we go. This is Genesis chapter 12 and verse 2 in New Living Translation. It says, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you and make you famous and you will be a blessing to others let 's pray, Father, we just thank you today for your word, God I thank you that each and every one of us is good soil, God, and we just take the word, the seed of God, and we implant it deep into our hearts, God we are going to be good soil we 're going to be those who hear the word, those who respond to the word, those who do the word, and as a result, God, we will produce a harvest of thirty, sixty, and a hundredfold, and everybody who believed that said amen, amen and amen, like I said, so uh, I just really you know i'm just Honored to be up here and thankful to Pastor Ben and Katie for the opportunity. So today I really want to give it everything I've got. So we've been talking about uh, a heart for the house, okay? And one of the things that we've been going after is that, that the, the house is a place of provision. That when you come into the house, you, you, you're provided for. That's that's one of the simplest examples. From the beginning, we can see the house as the family unit. And and that's where it was like, hey, there was provision in this family unit. So I actually want to take a look at Genesis one twenty-seven and 28. This is New King James Version, and it says this. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God. He created him, male and female. He created them. So we see here just right off the bat, God has created us in, created us how? In his image, right? There's no doubt about that. We are created in the image of God. We are not descendants of fish or birds or apes or whatever. God has created us with purpose, and so therefore we have a purpose on earth. So when some people say, I don't know, there's no reason for human. No, there's a reason. God created us to have a relationship with him. Amen? Then it says, then God blessed them. Let's just stop right there. Before the fall of man, before sin entered into the world, God had already blessed mankind. So from the beginning, you were already blessed. And I'm just going to give you a little spoiler alert. Pretty much every blank on your notes is a derivative of the word bless. Bless, blessed, blessing, blesser. It's in there, okay? So from the beginning, we were blessed. Then it goes on to say, God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. So God wants us to expand, to enlarge, to be fruitful in everything we do. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, so all the fishermen. Right, CJ, where you at? You can have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, all the duck hunters, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Now, notice that this is not, we're not supposed to subdue other humans, right? And that's where a lot of people get mixed up. You know what I mean? Well, now that I'm saved, I'm supposed to have, you know, subdue and have dominion. It's like, not over your neighbor, though. You know what I mean? You know, you're supposed to love your neighbor, not subdue and have dominion. And that's where people kind of get a little bit backwards. No, subdue the earth, have dominion over the earth, the fish, the birds, all that kind of good stuff, plant if you're a vegan, that's fine too. Just have dominion over it, over every living thing that moves on the earth. From the beginning, blessing was God's idea. It wasn't my idea, it wasn't your idea, it wasn't anybody else's idea. Blessing came from God. In fact, James James says it like this, every good and every perfect gift comes down from above. It comes from God. Every good thing, every perfect thing has come so that God could give it to us. Blessing always was, always will be, and always has been a God idea. It was initiated in the creation of the earth. It has continued all through the Old Testament into the new covenant. Blessing is there. You cannot escape the blessing of God. Now you say, well, what's the big deal? Why why would I care about that? Because there are some believers who, who think that blessing can be a bad thing. Uh, and, and I said, the worship team has been done, a, done a phenomenal job, and, and I was kind of picking on one of the songs. And, uh, and really, I don't, I don't mind the song, but I think sometimes we, there's this point where it says, I, I, don't, I don't want blessings. I came here for you. And, and from a doctrinal standpoint and just from background around me, is I, I kind of have like a little bit of an apostolic anointing, and, and one of the derivatives of that is I like to keep things real tight to the Bible. You know what I mean? And so, like, when I hear those kind of things, I'm kind of like, Wait a minute here. Let me just think about that. Let's go back and then I start rehearsing some of the word. You're here for Jesus. He is the blessing, right? You're not getting. You're getting, when you're getting Jesus, you're getting all the blessing of God that comes with it. So yeah, you're here for Jesus and His blessings because that's what comes with Him. You don't get to separate them, right? You didn't come here to meet with Jesus, be in His presence, and then and then not go out, leave, and be changed. You're changed because of the blessing of God. Amen. And so when we come into his presence, yeah, we're coming here for his blessings because he is the ultimate blessing. He is the one who originated and started blessing. You cannot separate God from blessing. It is who he is. He is a blesser. He's the original blesser. Amen? Amen. And I want to just, I want to just say this to kind of put this whole thing to rest. If you are saved, then you are blessed. Right? If you are saved, then you are blessed. and. There's nothing you can do about it, sorry. you know the, God's not gonna apologize for blessing each and every one of us. Jesus literally in the Bible it says that he came to be a curse for us that we might be blessed. So he came so that he took all the cursing upon us and then we became blessed as a result of it. Now think about this, just for, for relations sake. If you are not blessed, what is the opposite of blessed? curse right so if you didn't come here for Jesus and you didn't come here for his blessings did you come here to be cursed like no that doesn't make any sense right there's nobody here yeah I came to be cursed pastor curse me you know no no one did that we came here because he's blessing us and we are blessed as a result of his salvation for us to say that we aren't blessed is almost insulting to God right no you're no I'm not blessed God's like uh I want to t- let's put a timeout right there Uh, My son, whom I sent to the earth because I loved you guys so much, was whipped and beaten and crucified and took the curse upon you, past, present, and future, all your sins of all mankind, he took all that upon you so that you could become blessed. Don't come to me and tell me you're not blessed, because you're blessed, and it took a lot of effort by Jesus to do that, Amen. And so sometimes we get in our mindset and we think that's really humble of me to say I'm not blessed. And God's like, that's not humility. That's stupidity. If you're not blessed, then you're cursed, and nobody wants to be cursed, in their right mind at least, right? So we're blessed. A lot of times what happens, though, is we have immediately relating. When I say you're blessed, someone thinks, well, I don't know. I'm not driving a Mercedes around here. You know, I don't have a yacht. You know, I don't have an airplane. Like, that's that's not, those are possessions. And the Bible is really clear. We're blessed, but then possessions are everything after that. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, right, and then all these, what, these other things will be added to you. So we see this principle in the Bible that we are blessed, and then there are possessions postword. Now you don't have to have possessions to be blessed, but sometimes possessions can be the result of a blessing. Amen. Yeah. But don't get those two confused. Don't think like, oh, I'm not blessed because I don't have this or I don't have that. That's how you get into comparison, and when you get into that trap, man, you'll start thinking it's crazy. I mean, just even Pastor Steve's report: Haiti doesn't have gas. Uh, we're blessed. Even at $3.80 a gallon, we're still blessed. Like, I can drive down the street and I can fill up my car with gas. That, I'm still blessed. I, as a result, I'm still have the, I still have some measure of convenience in my life. Nobody's riding or burning tires on the street because, we don't, you know, hey, we're okay. Right? We've got to put things into perspective. And one of the ways I always find that helps me put things into perspective is I just go back to the work of Jesus. The life of Jesus, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus. When I get into like a tough time, I just like, you know what? This may seem kind of gruesome or morbid or whatever. It's like at least my back is not being whipped open, you know what I mean, With, with the glass and clay things. And I'm not being whipped for the sins of all mankind. I'm just like a coworker said something rude to me or something, you know what I mean? Like that's the extent. Or maybe you are going through a really serious trial or whatever. But even in the midst of that, we're still blessed. Amen? Amen. The thing about, the thing about blessing is, is you can be blessed and not have any provisions, right? The Bible says that Jesus had nowhere to lay his head. He didn't even have a house. And that, that no one in here would be like, oh, he wasn't blessed. No, Jesus was blessed, right? Paul, you can be blessed and not even feel it. Paul went through, uh, my daughter and I, we were going to school the other day, and we were listening to 2 Corinthians, and Paul's reciting all these things, shipwrecks, and, and storms, and famine, and, and jail, and, you know, one point he's like, I got, you know, five times, I got 39 stripes minus one, like, just give us the real number, like, what was it, why do you have to do that, and then this, minus this, you know, but it was like, he, he, he was all these things, and yet he was still blessed. He was able to pro- preach and prophesy and lay hands on people and do the work of the gospel because he was already blessed. It wasn't about what he had or what he didn't have. And he says that in Philippians. He says, uh, it doesn't matter what, what position, what state I'm in, whether I'm abounding or whether I'm abasing, which means having not a lot. He's like, I'm blessed. I'm generous. I'm, I'm, I'm chosen by God. And that is the mentality that we believers are supposed to have every single day. You say, there's no way I can have that. That's why the Holy Spirit is here to help you have that, to get your mind right and to fix your eyes on things above and not on things of this earth. You know what I mean? And sometimes we, we get to this place where it's like, well, I don't, I don't, I don't feel comfortable asking for God's blessing. And so what I always say to things like that is, let's go to the Word. What does the Word of God say? First Chronicles chapter 4 verses 9 and 10 says this, now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. Okay, Jabez is already off to a, a bad start, right? Like, this guy's name is pain from the get-go. And Jabez, or Pain, called on the God of Israel, saying, "Oh, that you would bless me indeed, and enlarge my territory; that your hand would be with me, and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain." So God granted him what he requested. Now, I've mentioned this in this church before, and just the, the sort of the greatness of this of this this prayer is that Jabez, whose name literally means pain, cause of pain, is like, "Hey, God, would you bless me? Let's." pull that out of out of this little context and put it into maybe modern day thoughts and be like what co-worker or what worker would go to his boss after doing no work and just be like hey can I get a raise around here you know what I mean like uh no you're the biggest pain here no you're not getting a raise right or you know what child is after they've been eggy all day which is like kind of you know annoying and bothersome They're like hey I want to eat a million dollars like yeah beat it kid you know But in this passage, here's Jabez, and he's like, even though he caused pain, he says, God, in spite of everything that has happened to me and who I am, would you bless me indeed? Would you, would you bless me? And that's a lot of times what we are. God knows that we have sin nature and we make mistakes and, and we're annoying and all that kind of stuff. And yet we can still come to God and say, Lord, would you bless me indeed? Would you enlarge my territory? Lord, come on, that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. Come on, that's what we want to be. Amen? So here's Jabez, and he's saying, look, I, you know, again, look at this order. God, would you bless me indeed, and would you enlarge my territory? So after we, we recognize that we're blessed, what, what happens next? Now that you're blessed, now what? When we're blessed, Jabez says this, enlarge my territory. He's saying, as you have blessed me, let me bless others. Let me bless others. Let me be a blessing to somebody else. That's how we started this whole thing off in in Genesis chapter 12, right? I'll make you a great nation. I'll make you famous. I will bless you so that you can bless others. And that's what this prayer is echoing here again. See, in the Old Testament, land equals opportunity. Land equals wealth. Land equals possession. So when God says, look, hey, Abraham, you gotta take your fam down to, or Jacob, you gotta take your fam down to, uh, down to, Egypt, thank you for reminding myself, Egypt. He's like, go down there. That's where the provision's going to be. Then he's like, eventually, hey, you guys get out out of there, and you got to go to the promised land. That's where provision's going to be. That's where blessing's going to be. That's where where all the promised land is. So we look at land in the Old Testament as a place of opportunity and blessing and, and grace and abundance and all these different things. And then we see in the New Testament, the promised land is now a promised man in the form of Jesus. And so we go to him, and he's the one who gives us abundance. He's the one who gives us blessing he's the one who gives us opportunity so that we can be a blessing to other people the lowest level of, of blessing is like not being a pain right like that that's the like you're just sitting there in silence, not doing anything, like, you're not bothering anybody. You know, my parents used to say that all the time to us. I had three brothers growing up, like, you know, don't bother anybody. Just sit there. Don't talk. That's the lowest level of blessing. All the kids were quiet, sitting in the car, riding on the way to church or whatever. That's the lowest level of blessing. We want to get above that level, and we want to go to the place where we're not just blessed, but we're a blessing to other people. But what happens is we have to get out of our own mind and think that, you know what, if I'm going to be a blessing to other people, I have to have something to give. That's right. I can't just, you can't just say, Lord, Lord, bless me Indeed. And then end the prayer right there. Bless me indeed, enlarge my territory so that I may not cause pain, and God granted what he requested. So we see that God actually listens to our prayers, which may be shocking, and you may want to try and reel in some of the prayers you said to us last week or whatever, you know, but it's God hears our prayers, and he answers our prayers. God granted him what he requested. He made him a blessing. He enlarged his territory, and he was no longer a pain in the neck. You and I are blessed to be a blessing. You can bless other people by serving. You can bless them by praying for them. You can bless them, you know what I mean, by greeting them at the door. You can bless them by giving them a hug. You can bless people by giving financially. You can build a house. You can build a well. You can help send the Rivera to Cuba. You can help send the missions team to Haiti, wherever. You can be a blessing. You can give to others in all these different areas. But if you want to be a blessing, a real big blessing, you've got to understand that giving is living. Giving is living. The New Testament, the New Covenant is predicated on the idea that giving is living. The fact that God so loved the world that he gave. He gave us what? Salvation, healing, protection, forgiveness. Everything that we have, he gave us the Holy Spirit, is the result of God wanting and, and, and just being a giver. Our lives are a result of God's giving. If all we ever do is receive and receive and receive and receive, that's an immature perspective of what the blessing is for. In fact, uh, in in the proverb, Solomon says it like this, the leech has two daughters, give and give. And what that really means is like, give to me, give to me, give to me, selfishly pointed and saying, this is what a leech does. A leech just sucks from people. I don't want to be a leech. I want to be a blessing. I want to give out to others. And the Bible even says it like this. The New Covenant says, it is, behold, it is more blessed to give than to what? Receive. And so we see this coming out over and over and over and over and over again. And I like to use a lot of scriptures when I preach because of this one statement. Whatever the Bible says completely about any subject that is the that is the basis of it so we look at finances and you look at all the parables all the times jesus talked about money all the times the old testament talked about money we look at all the positives we look at all the negatives all the warnings all the blessings of it and we say well whatever all those scriptures say whatever the conclusion of all those scriptures says that's the truth of the matter interestingly enough, in regards to finances, the Bible splits it right down the middle. 50% says that, hey, you go, you're blessed, you're abundant, you can have, and go and be blessed and give to others, and the other half say, hey, be careful, be careful, watch out, warn those who got money, be careful, and we see that the Bible says perfect balance on finances. The way we have perfect balance is by giving our heart over to Jesus, giving our finances over to Jesus and say, Lord, it's your money anyway, I'm just the steward you show me where it should go not just our finances but our personal life huh our thoughts right our soul our mind our will and emotions Jesus I give it all over to you so you can tell me where do you want me to give my life that was really good I'm going to keep on going giving is the higher form of blessing because God gave it to us first listen to this uh, at a second Corinthians chapter 9 8 through 11 and this is in the message version, which I always abbreviate MSG. And if any of you dieting, dieters out there know, MSG should just be taken in little, little grains of it. Not a, don't eat MSG all the time, okay? Same thing with the translation. It's good, but it's not, you don't read it every day. Get a New King James or NASB or Holman, blah, blah, blah. It says this, God can pour on the blessings in astonishing ways so that you're ready for anything and Everything. Think about that. That's just a great elaboration of this verse here. God can pour on the blessings in an astonishing ways so that we can be ready for anything and everything. We can be ready for anything and everything in our, in our, in our mind, in our spirit. We can be ready for anything and everything in our financial life. Because that's where a lot of times the, the side swipe of the devil comes in. All of a sudden you got a flat tire or a busted something, or the window breaks, or the house falls apart. Whatever it is, that's how the devil he likes to come in. And and rob your joy by stealing your money, right? Killing your joy, taking whatever. That's how the devil works. But God, the Bible says God can pour on the blessings, so you're ready for anything and everything. More than just ready to do what needs to be done. As one psalmist puts it, he throws caution to the winds, giving to the needy in reckless abandon. His right living, right giving ways never run out. They never wear out. God's right living and right giving, he never wears out. That means he's infinite. He has no limit to his resources. There is no limit to what God can give because he has no limit. And that's really good because for some people, we tend to think that God is like, uh, like one of us that we have a finite system. I'm either fully charged or half full or somewhere in between or I'm totally empty or I'm living at a deficit. God always lives in abundance. There is no limit to him. So whatever you need, ask largely and he can provide it to you. Do you need wisdom? Ask for it. Do you need healing? Ask for it. Do you need faith? Ask for it. Whatever you need, just go to God and ask him for it. The writer of the Hebrews says, come boldly to the throne of grace that we might receive mercy and grace to help in our time of need. The veil was torn so we could come in boldly. We don't have to tiptoe. We don't have to sacrifice lambs and rams. I just had a song pop in my head. You name it. Lambs, rams, potatoes, tomatoes. (laughs) The Lord will bless you. Whatever you need. God's got it for you, amen? His right living, right giving ways never run out. They never wear out. This most generous God, continuing on in in 2 Corinthians 9, this most generous God who gives seed to the farmer that becomes bread for your meals is more than extravagant with you. God gives seed to the sower. He gives seed to the sower. He gives seed to the sower. Are you a sower? Then God will give you seed, if you just keep collecting and sponging the blessing of God, you will never be able to be the sower that God has designed each and every one of us to, do, to be and to live like. We are actually a walking warehouse of seeds. The question I always ask is, where are you sowing? What are you sowing into? Who are you sowing into? What are you giving into? I don't ever give to get, but I sow to reap. That's a big difference, right? Giving to get is, this is all about me, this is all about me. Sowing and reaping is all about a principle that God has ordained from the beginning, the foundation of the world, seed time and harvest. I'm sowing into people's lives. I'm sowing into my coworkers, positive encouragement, the ability to say, we can do this no matter what's going on. I'm sowing in unity. I'm sowing in all these things into their lives. They don't even know it, but I know that I'm reaping a harvest that eventually one day we'll get to the place where we can say, you know why I'm so positive it's not because I read Gary V every day or, or I follow some uh, positive thing. It's because I love Jesus, and he gives me the ability to sow, 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 and sow. He gives seed to the sower, and as long as you keep sowing, God will keep giving you seed. And that is a, a principle a lot of people miss. They'll sow once. They'll get a harvest and be like, that was cool, Right? Like before, you just had one crop, and you got that crop, and it harvested once a year. But then somebody figured out, if I plant different crops in different seasons, I will get a harvest all year long. So if you want a continual harvest, guess what you got to do on a continual basis? So, is that too deep for 11 a.m.? Okay. Moving right along. He gives you something. Okay, this is it right here. Giving is living. He gives you something. You can then give away. God has given us something which we can then give away. You cannot give away what you do not have. Right? Like, I love to give away a million dollars. However, I need a million dollars to be able to give away a million dollars. Some of you are like, that's how that works? Yeah, it doesn't, you can't swipe it on the credit card. You can't Venmo it can't cash app it, nothing. You can't Bitcoin it, nothing. You got to have it before you can give it away. I always use finances because everybody's got a wallet, you know, and everybody knows immediately, if I give this money, that's leaving my hand. and going to. But God's saying this, God is going to give you something you can then give away. You may only be at two mites, two mites of energy, Two mites of brain power, two mites of finances, two mites of joy, whatever it is. It doesn't matter, but God says, look, whatever you do, give it with all your heart. Give it with everything you got. If you can only give that much, guess what, though? I guarantee you that if you start at the two mites, you'll get up to four mites and eight and 16 and, and so on and so forth. Your harvest will begin to grow, and then you can begin to say, look, I've got a lot to give away. I've got a lot of time now on my hands. I've, hopefully that's a good thing. I've got a lot of good things going on in my life, and I am free to give those away. And what happens is when you give them away, listen to what happens. He gives you something you can then give away, which grows into full-formed lives, robust in God, wealthy in every way so that you can be generous in every way, producing with us great praise to God. When you give, you're not just only living, you're actually encouraging other people to live better as well, right? The world tries to take this concept and they say, oh, pay it forward. It's like, no, it's sowing and reaping. It's it's karma, brother. No, it's sowing and reaping. It's a God thing. God created it first. God started it from the foundation of the world. He blessed us so we could be a blessing to others. So that we can be a blessing to others. I think it's always good to ask yourself on a regular basis. I don't know what regular means to you, but you can decide that is am I being a blessing to anybody else? When you go into work, are you always complaining, stealing the last of the coffee? and not filling it back up, you know what I mean, are you, are you being a pain, you know what I mean, when you come in, sometimes, you know, I, I, I go way out, because some of the, my coworkers, God bless, I love every one of them, sometimes they come screaming into the office space, and buzzing right by my cubicle, and I'll be like, hey, neighbor, you know, they're like, oh, oh, hey, good morning, you know what I mean, like, just saying hello, Just being cheery, one of my coworkers, she'll come in and she'll kind of be gruff, grizzly and gruff and stuff like that. And I'll just kind of meander back to her office and be like, hey, how was your weekend? What's going on? How's things going? Find some way to connect and then start making her laugh. once she starts laughing, I'm like, peace, got to go back to work. You know what I mean? I don't want to be a pain. I don't want her to be a pain. I want to laugh and have a good time. I got to be there 40 plus hours a week. I might as well enjoy myself. Amen? I might as well be a blessing to somebody else. I might as well not take and suck and be a lame-o. I want to go out there, and I want to be a blessing to everybody wherever I go. Just even at that conference I was talking about earlier, there was a guy there, and he was from uh, England, and we were chit-chatting and, and all this good stuff, and we were start talking about Jesus, and all, he was asking me all these questions, and, and I was like, look, man, you know, it's not just like, love is not just this ethereal thing. God is love, and he's like, what? Like, what do you mean God is love? i like, no, God is love. Next day, he comes into the conference, and he takes this picture, and he shows it to me on a sign as he's coming into the, the convention center. There is a sign that, guess what, read, God is love, and he was like, whoa, and I was like, I know, right? I didn't plan that. I didn't know that was going to be there. I didn't know where you were coming from, where you were staying, and where you were walking, but I do know this. God is love, and I know that if I sow, and sow, and sow, and sow, there will be a harvest, And it may not happen tomorrow or next week or next year, but I know there will be a harvest. God says this. He says, I will not be mocked. Whatever a man sows, that will he reap. What are you sowing and what are you reaping? What are you giving? What are you taking? Come on, we're blessed to be a blessing to somebody else. We're not just here for ourselves. We're not just here to get all, get all we can, can all we get, and then sit on the can. No, we're here to be a blessing to other people. We're here to show them that Jesus has no limit, and therefore we can operate in the same ways that Jesus can. Amen? Amen. Stand with your feet. Stand, well, stand to your feet and with your feet. You're going to need those to stand up. As we close this morning, I believe that that first measure of giving is, is you giving your life to Jesus. And I don't know where you stand this morning because uh, I don't know everyone in this room, but I do know this. Giving your life to Jesus is the greatest investment. It's the greatest thing that you can ever do. I gave my life to Jesus when I was 15 years old, and I haven't looked back. I've loved every minute of it. There's been times when it was hard. There's been times when it was challenging. There were times when I didn't know what I was doing and and, and fumbled through, but I do know this, is that the grace of God has been poured out in my life and has been poured out in so many other believers here today. So could you just bow your heads with me? And I want to ask, maybe you're here and you have not given your life over to Jesus. And you say, that is something that I want to do today. I want to receive the grace of God. If that's you, could you just lift up your hand because I want to pray for you. Just hold it up. No one's looking around, just me and you and the Holy Spirit looking around. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. And now I want to pray for you. Father, we just thank you today, Jesus, that we can come to you. We can come boldly to that throne. Lord, we can come boldly to that throne of grace to find grace to help and mer- and find mercy in time of need. And today, Lord, we come to you and we say, Lord, we need your grace. Lord, we've made mistakes, we've, made me- we've messed up, but ultimately, God, we know that you love us and you're here for us and that you've provided grace upon grace for us today. We accept you as our Lord and Savior and say thank you, Jesus, for what you've done in my life. Lord, you've made me new again today. Thank you, Jesus. Maybe you're here this morning and you say, you know what? I I, I don't feel like I'm blessed. I want you to pray for me that that I would believe that and I would walk in that blessing now more than ever. If that's you, I just want you to lift up your hand and I want to pray for you. Thank you. Lord God, we thank you tonight. We thank you this morning, Jesus, that we can come and we can be blessed. Lord, that from the beginning you said that we were blessed We are blessed to be a blessing. I thank you that everyone here at Canvas Church, Lord, is moving up in our our perspective of what it means to be blessed and what it means to be a blessing to others. I thank you that this week as we go out, Lord, we're going to have the biggest smiles, the most amount of joy, the the greatest hearts of loving and providing mercy and grace to other people. Lord, that they will know us because of the Holy Spirit working through us, Lord. And we're not just going to be receiving, but we're also going to be sowing, and we are going to be those who are blessed to be a blessing. And if you believe that, you shouted, amen and amen. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, please visit our website at www.canvaschurchsd.com.